0: The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Hey guys, Brandon Warren here from Zone Coverage and the Midwest Swing Podcast here to talk to you about Circle Rock Clothing Company here in Minneapolis. Circle Rock began in 2018 because they saw a gap in the casual clothing market. They felt that business casual needed to up its game, and they were also not down with the fact that 97% of the production and the clothing industry in this country was moved offshore. At Circle Rock, you can find a little bit of everything. Suits, vests, sweaters, blazers, belts, jackets, pants, anything you need to look your best regardless of the situation. And at Circle Rock, not only is their style uniquely upgraded American, their suppliers are too. We at Zone Coverage have partnered up with Circle Rock, and the promo code is ZONE25. With that promo code, you can receive a $25 gift card good for your next purchase. It's not just suits. It's all kinds of menswear. They also just opened up the House of Style in Southwest Minneapolis on West 44th Street, so you can check them out in person as well. Otherwise, go to circlerock.com. And again, don't forget to use the coupon code ZONE25. That's circlerock and circlerock.com. Up your game. Hey, Bales. I have some bad news for you. I think you're going to be replaced because now there's a new Bailey in town. Homer Bailey has hey, joined the Minnesota Twins. Couple of Baileys. And I assume he, this is
1: your brother, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go yeah. way back. And yeah. so it's from the family I didn't know about. Well, <laughs> that's almost as bad as my 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 intro to Jim Morris and him basically explaining oh, how yeah. awful of a dad he had. That's the most uncomfortable I've ever felt on this show. Well, yeah. So, anyway, this is Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. That was at I am Justin Bailey on Twitter, Justin Bailey. Hopefully, he can hook us up with Homer Bailey on the podcast, New Minnesota Twins, right handed pitcher. I hope there's some crossover between the Sci Show and this show. Because wait, 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 wait. There's someone to get wait, wait, that wait. like, reference really hard. New episode. Who's this across the table? Hey, this is Tom Schreier Tom at T Schreier Shreier 3. Back. He is back, back right. from the southest of the Koreas and. You got to see our good pal, friend Do. of the show, although never been on the show. We'll get
1: Doe on the show.
0: I visited him. Doe on the show. That would be a really good segment. Yeah, yeah. You saw him in South Korea. You were yeah. there for what, like forty-two days? <laughs> yeah, I was there. Wait, for Wait, like 12, wait, wait, I wait, think, wait. 13. What was longer, Eric's honeymoon or Tom's trip to South? That's Korea? funny. That <laughs>
1: his is actually a week longer. Wow. He was. He wasn't. He was. He gone like twenty-one days, something like that. Maybe oh, you month. were only
0: there for like fourteen days. Yeah, I, was, I think it was thirteen. I mean, I say only like like I've ever taken a vacation longer than three days in my life. It was it was it was
1: long, but yeah, I saw our boy Doe. I think Doe tweeted out the picture of me in a Santa outfit, which obviously is not my idea. I'm not a not a big costume guy, nor is anyone in Korea. Mm-hmm. Doe walks up, sees me. This is the first day he sees me. He's like, "Yeah, costumes aren't a thing here." And I'm like, "No, my friend wanted to be Santa and then Buddy the Elf, which would be or Peter Pan more like." So this, that's exactly it. He. I don't know if that's a popular movie in Korea. I doubt it. And so people thought he was Peter Pan. So he was confused why people would be like, no, 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 we don't care about Santa. We want you. And I was like, cool. It's like Buddy the Elf alone by himself, I guess. And we were, and we figured out over time, Doe obviously can speak the language there. He's like, yeah, they think you're Peter Pan. Which I was like, they must think we're so weird, A, being in costumes, B, being Santa and Peter Pan walking around Seoul, you know, South Wait, Korea. Well,
0: what's the... What's the running meme? Not so much on Twitter anymore, but it was like true was it uh true no, it was they they come up with a a pairing for uh Well, I
1: mean we were joking, we were like, What if it was Santa and Ben Bernanke? I mean it'd be that random <laughs> if you had like those two as a it was like as a People pairing. would
0: say season three of this show and then they would do a random pairing. I yeah. I don't remember what the Twitter meme was. Uh unfortunately these things are always true like True something. But- Matthew McConaughey I think was on the show True Detective. True Detective they're like season 3 of True Detective and it'd be like Nelson Cruz and Jake Gotarizzi, you know, like sure. some some random pairing and that's Speaking what to, Minnesota. That's what to me it sounds like is like you guys were a, no, a, so a True Detective pairing.
1: It, it was a bit of that. But no, it was good to see good to see Though We did uh meet there's not a ton of Americans where we were, but uh we did meet Sub Americans, one who had ties to the KBO, so it was interesting hearing him. He's just a fan, uh, knows someone in the front office, wow. and uh, he said it's really you know we talk about obviously guys going over there, resurrecting their careers. I think a lot of agents will tell. I player, think Eric Thames did that. Yeah, Thames would be a good example. And they Josh s-
0: Lindblom too, I think. Hell
1: yeah, all kinds of Brewers connections. They say that league is getting closer and closer to Japan's league. It's maybe between Double A, Triple A. I think
0: KBO is Double AA, A, Triple A, and I think Japan is pretty firmly Triple A or maybe. Yeah the the vaunted quade so the chris it, carter of leagues but that but that's it's <laughs> amazing
1: that that uh that is the kind of player that the matt it, laporta too soon An agent would right, uh, guys Let's settle down For (laughs) slander (laughs) Um, That is the kind of player Who if you're an agent You tell Maybe 28, 29, 30 Go over there You can make millions of dollars I always thought
0: Oswaldo Arcia Should do that
1: Yeah I was a little surprised And I I think You know Just having been there a little bit There is a big language barrier There's gonna be a lot of pressure on you as a player And it's not like Those guys are slouches over there But um, I totally get now Kind of why You would do it You become
0: kind of famous there If you play for their team So so, um, I think especially as uh, I don't know if you'd call them a transplant, but when you come in there and a lot of those leagues, they have like requirements where you can only have so many foreign born players. So you can. Yeah, have I eight, think it's only two three or three. Two or three yeah. yeah, because uh, actually a guy that went to my high school, Kerry Taylor, who funny story, he was pitching in the Lions All-Star Series. He'd gone undrafted and he was just dicing because what happened was the twins went and saw him pitch way up in the you know far reaches of the state where I was from and it was like a 36 degree day and he was throwing 84, 86 and the twins were like, ah, forget it. we don't want this right. kid. Anyway, he gets down to the Lions series. He's 92, 93, whatever. And Terry Ryan, who at the point, at that point was the team's scouting director, it would have been 88 or 89, mm-hmm. was running around like crazy trying to get him signed. Yeah. Anyway, the twins sign him. He spends the whatever it is, four or five years in their system. The Padres rule five him and he plays in ninety-three and ninety-four. So he played with Tony Gwynn, wow. Gary Sheffield. The only guy from Roseau to ever make the big leagues. And he, he kicked around for two years. And then anyway, he went over and played. I I I wanna say it was Japan. Yeah. But he talked about how dif- he was like he and I just had a conversation at a Twins yeah. game. He was sitting in the Legends Club one time. And at that time, I wanna say it was like the late nineties, he felt like First of all, they had limits of how many players they could have from America or anywhere else. But also, it was just a tougher time for him, not only the language barrier and everything, and he had a young family, but he felt like umpires maybe had a little bit of a grudge because they were taking roster spots from natives. And so, to me, that was just kind of illuminating where you wouldn't think about that from our standpoint. Kind of like like with minor leaguers, like Cole DeVries has told us before, Yeah, you have teammates and you want to be a good teammate, but that's also competition for future spots. Like, these are parts of baseball that people don't really think about. And so to me, thinking about, you know, the foreign leagues like that, KBO Japan and that sort of thing – um kind of wrinkles my brain a little bit. I, I would think about it this way, and this is kind of in the
1: discussion we had. They said it's a lot like a player that gets a big contract, right? Yep. Kirk Cousins, when he's good, no one mentions his contract. When Joe Maurer was the star catcher or whatever on the team, no mm-hmm. one really – people wanted to give him the catcher. They wanted to keep – or give him the contract. They wanted to keep him in town.
0: They would have burnt Target Field to the ground if he would have gotten away yeah. because of money.
1: And so and so, obviously he gets injured. Then the contract comes up when Kirk Cousins struggles against the Packers or whatever it is. The contract comes up. I, they say it's a little like that. If you're a star player, you're welcome. You're, there's a guy, you might know his name. It's something Rayleigh and not related to the Brooks. Twins. Brooks Rayleigh. Yeah, so
0: this. He was actually, I think, briefly a Twins prospect. I think they Rule 5 him maybe. Okay. It was it was the name that I kept screwing up with, Luke Rayleigh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. And, and I looked this up almost certain they're
1: not related, but... Um, s- yeah, so he he is a popular – I was down in – I was in Seoul, and then there's another city, Busan, the, the second biggest city in South Korea. Yeah, the it Twins was, claimed him off waivers and then put him back on waivers in 2014. Okay, so yeah, he and he's a big deal for the, the Busan team mm-hmm. to the extent that this guy who it sounds like he's just a super fan, he was a lawyer, um, knows him. And, and I. so a guy like him is celebrated there. But if you go over there and, you know, you don't have stuff, you're striking out or whatever – Yeah, you're seen as someone taking up an international slot, someone Mm -hmm. bound on a bad contract, all that, and so it's just it's funny, you know, seeing that, especially because we knew Ryu was a target for the Twins. We know that um, while we were there, I was there with my friend who's a diehard Cardinals fan, and the Cardinals signed a player, um, 31 year old lefty out of Korea. You know, we know that. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: I can't think of the name right now. Yeah,
1: but we know that that is becoming a pipeline, and I think it's Mm -hmm. positive seeing. Um, you know, you talk to basketball fans. They love that it's a global sport, right? There's players from all over. Well, and then There's,
0: there was a Yamaguchi, I think, that the Twins were interested in that signed with the Blue Jays. Like, yeah. there are a lot of Asian-born, whether it's Japan, Korea, yep. the players that make the the jump. So we think of, you know, Park or Nishioka
1: or whatever, but there are teams that have tapped into the mm-hmm. Korean market and and have seen – by the way, Byungo Park, a, a fun player, just unfortunately didn't last too long in the majors. But yeah. still one of the longest home runs, I would think, outside of maybe Tomei's. But in target field, I think he hit I think the Nelson catch.
0: Cruz, the one off Tyler Duffy, too, was... Yeah, and Sano's had a couple but I mean, big ones.
1: But yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, it's, it's fun seeing the global game get that much better. Because it not only makes ba- baseball more relevant worldwide, but... We may see more Korean players coming into the major leagues if that becomes a triple A level and that guy is that much better than the the players he's playing. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious, did you talk to Doe at all about baseball coverage? Like what I what I'm wondering is how difficult it's been for him to cover the twins off season from that distance. Because like so when I texted you if you were gonna come on the show, I'm pretty sure it was like two AM in in South Korea.
1: Must have been. Like two fifteen AM? Yeah, because I would wake up about six there and check my text, mes- text messages. That's about as early as I could get up. But yeah, it must have been uh, it must have been pretty early because you some- you are you're a day ahead there. That's yeah. why it gets all confusing. You take like a thirteen hour flight to get out there, um, and yeah, and then and then you show up like a day ahead. I, it, you know, it's. All messed up, not but, the first
0: time you've lost some days along the way.
1: Yeah, it, that's that is true. Um, may have lost New Year's, but but the, oh, well. <laughs> the
0: different the, story, different time. Um,
1: but no, I, I, so he, I'm trying to remember the news that broke when he got out there because he got out there about the 14th or 15th and he had to write about three stories I didn't see him the first day. That's why, mm. for obvious reasons, I wasn't gonna be in a Santa costume the first day. I that would have
0: been, yeah, I'm trying uh, to Hila, remember, Romo. Clipper, I don't know, some, something, something like, like that.
1: that. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, people who follow our show, I hope, read zone coverage, but I'm sure are very familiar with those work at MMB.com. And, um, you know, he's very diligent. He gets a lot of content out there. And, yeah, he, he has some backup um, with his editors and stuff that can help him. I, I think, um, you know, they're very good about, he is seeing his family out there. Um, he did grow up in Minnesota, but um, his parents are, are out in Seoul. And, um, you know, I know he, I wonder what he was doing for Christmas because he did, or maybe it was New Year's. He sent out that tweet saying it was in rural Korea, Korea. So he must have a lot of family out there. But yeah, it's a it's a fun kind of different world. It's like New York City, basically Busan, and or sorry, Busan would be more like LA. Seoul is like New York City. I mean, it's massive, mm-hmm. um, very active. People are you know getting in and out of train stops. It's like you think New York, you're rushing in, rushing out, squeezing in all that stuff. But um, it was just fun. Obviously, Doe's a big baseball guy talking baseball, kind of seeing it from the Korean perspective as a game that I think they regard pretty highly.
0: So the twins on new year's Eve locked down not only Rich Hill, but Homer Bailey. And what was kind of funny was, so I started on Friday a week ago today on writing that mammoth article that I did. And in retrospect, I mean, maybe, maybe you want to chop it up, but I don't know. I mean, it did pretty good traffic too. So maybe it, it was worth it, but I spent parts of probably three days, and it was basically me saying in the intro, the elephant in the room is that the Twins need two more starters. And where I wrote about Rich Hill as being maybe the last quote-unquote impact starter was, to me, if Hill is one of the two that you add, you still have to add a third because he's not going to be available until midseason. Now, people, I think, will be all ticked off because the Twins said they were targeting quote-unquote impact pitching Homer Bailey maybe doesn't fit that bill, but I think Rich Hill definitely does. But the way the deal's structured, with I think it's three million dollars base and up to nine and a half if he meets all his incentives, is like that's that's not even Mike Pelfrey money if he never throws a pitch for the Twins. And if he gives you everything you ask for, I believe it's nine point five total. I don't think it's nine point five in incentives, but the incentives are you, you could call them easily reachable. But then you look at Rich Hill's body of work, and it's kind of like. Eh, you know, I think it's 15 starts or 75 innings or something like I, that. It's worth noting that as he took off for LA,
1: and we have to remember he started his career in 2005. You know, I mean with the he, Cubs, yeah, with the Cubs. So 25 years old, he was. He's going to be 40 this year. I feel like the last few years with LA, people have said that is a good
0: pickup that he's been an impact pitcher. The the Dodgers fans that I am close to, and there's actually a fair amount. The Dodgers, the Braves. I'm trying to think of who else. Like, those are the markets that, for whatever reason, I just seem to have the most common acquaintances with. Yeah. Literally, Dodgers fans are all, like, really upset that Hill got away for that amount of money. Less, less so Ryu, just because it was a... Fairly long Ryu's deal. A bad, uh, let's
1: touch on that real quick. They didn't. He's not here because they didn't give him a fourth year. And I yeah. don't love a fourth year for a thirty-four year old pitcher. I don't know. Maybe this is a Bailey chimes in and goes, "What are you doing? You need you need Ryu." But um,
0: I well, just he, I, I yeah, get the prudence for there. him. That's that's grand all. They didn't want to give extra years for the yeah. the Brewers. So yeah, I, I mean, just I, here's the thing
1: with Donaldson. You overpay for him because a hitter tends to last longer than than a pitcher. Um, no, and if
0: you look at the two, I mean body of work and work of body, I think. are, are Yeah. Kind, I mean, so Ryu, had, he fired a lot of bullets overseas back when he was getting started. Like, they have a very, very different way of approaching pitcher durability. Yeah. So now, and I think it was Andy McCulloch of The Athletic wrote that Ryu doesn't throw between starts. He's not a conditioning guru. And that's kept him maybe as healthy as he's been recently. But how sustainable is that is, is I think, a valid question. You don't want to run them into the ground, but at the same time, how long can you maintain that heading into your mid-30s when you're not already the beacon of physical fitness or the ability to remain durable?
1: So so this is going to be the one people are going to get hung up on. I think it's pretty well reported that Bungarner was just going to go to Arizona. And I think with Wheeler –
0: Wheeler's the one they're going to think they missed out on, if anybody.
1: But – and in my mind, and I know we'll we'll come back to it because this all results in them ending up with uh, Homer Bailey and and Rich Hill. But with Wheeler, my guess is what's happening. And just, again, reading up on it, um, my guess is they offered 100 mil to start, right? And he he was just like, I'm not leaving the East Coast. I want
0: to stay in this division. Yeah, I think Chicago making the 120 or whatever was them being persistent. I think the Twins said, all right, well – we made our first offer. We made our pitch. If you're that serious, we'll just. And Chicago, move on. may
1: have given a hundred mil and gone. You no, know, no, I'll give you more than the the you know, yeah. Phillies, right? But yeah, I, I just on that one, it, it, you know, I think, and I don't blame them. The pitchers probably want to a stay in a market they're familiar with, but b continue to
0: pitch against players that they see frequently, right? I mean, not only that, but your former teammates. There's got to be some of that. If yeah. if, the, if the Mets deemed you not worth that money, you want to face the Mets, you know three, four, five starts a year. Right. So I think, um,
1: you know, I, it, 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 the management will get in trouble for saying they wanted impact pitching. I would prefer that they continue to say this. I want them to continue to say, we want to retain our best players. We want to keep Brios here, keep Bucks in here, whoever it ends up being. I want them to continue to saying there's going to be waves of prospects coming mm-hmm. because you could supposedly deal one of your top prospects um, who's on the way to the majors, and still have guys you know lined up behind him, right? If you yeah, want, if you yeah. want to go um, flip Kirilov for, I mean, I don't think they're getting Lindor, but Lindor is the one guy I would shove every chip you have at the table and be like, let's make Lindor. You got to you know, get, a, you got
0: to get an extension out of the way too if he's willing to sign yeah. for seven years and thirty million. Either. But if
1: he's really on the table and you end up moving Kirilov and Lewis or whatever it is, you still should have prospects behind them. As insurance, if like Lindor doesn't pan out, mm-hmm. for, pan out for example, and then I I want them to be aggressive with Donaldson. I want them to make mm-hmm. offers to Zach mm-hmm. Wheeler because the thing is, the next Zach Wheeler in the next free agency may not have a tie to the East Coast or may not you know want to stay in that division. It's
0: Robbie Ray, is who it is. Yeah,
1: and, and who knows if Robbie Ray wants to pitch in that division or is tied to... You know, we know with Donaldson, it seems like he's waiting on a fourth year from Atlanta. It seems like he's trying to leverage... And
0: Dave O'Brien of The Athletic reported yesterday that that has happened now.
1: Yeah, so you think he's gone? You think he's going back to Atlanta?
0: The fact that he hasn't signed yet tells me that that it, there's something there. I mean,
1: I love that move because I think Snow is eventually going to become a first baseman that probably accelerates it more than you need to. Yeah. You do take away his arm. I think you were saying this on I mean, a, a lot of show. A but- lot of
0: people are asking why they want to move him, and it's not that they want to. It's that... If they sign a player with that level of impact, they are willing to move him because Donaldson is a vastly superior defensive third baseman.
1: Yeah, and in the lineup, the one way to mitigate against not getting the pitchers you want is just boost the lineup again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to Chicago and the division, but the division's probably still in a place they can hit your way through it where eventually you probably need more pitching mm-hmm. and certainly need more pitching in the playoffs. But, I, you know, I think in reading your piece, I mean, you said the, the – I'm thinking of Hill and Bailey as kind of a single signing if that makes sense, right? I mean, you kind of mm-hmm. – Hill, you can't start right away. Bailey, we don't know if he'll get through a full season. I see that almost as like a tandem signing. Is I that think fair?
0: between the two, you hope to get about 220 to 240 innings, but that would be heavily on Bailey getting 180. If Bailey gives you 150 and Hill gives you 50, that's still acceptable for $10 million. I mean, at 50, no, at 50 I guess, what would Bailey's – or Hill's dollar figure be probably in the – Six or seven million range. So, I mean, it would still only be 15 million. I think that it makes a lot of sense to to do what they did. Now, I, again, I've said they need one more pitcher. I know that that might not be a popular thing, but I, I'm thinking now you find the reclamation project that you most desire. Doogie Wolfson made it sound like they weren't really in on Bailey's old friend Jimmy Nelson or. <laughs> Alex Wood. So then yeah. there's Taiwan Walker. There's Jared Eichoff. There you, is so and we should point out you list all this stuff out. It's called
1: elephant, elephant in the room. Yeah, so the, the elephant in the room to
0: me was that they needed two more starters, and that was yeah. two, with the exception of Hill being basically half a starter. So to me Bailey is is roughly a full starter. So with Hill, and who knows with Johnson, maybe this
1: is a guy he can kind of tap into and get him back. He his line was if you throw no hitters, you got stuff. He yeah. still
0: throws ninety three, ninety four. I believe Who's that. Uh, Bailey. Well, Bailey's big thing too was, okay. So he signed that big deal with the Reds and it like went South immediately. got traded to the Dodgers. They released him. He signed with the Royals. He was okay with the Royals, got traded to the A's. And then he like scrapped his curveball. And I'm going to write about this too, because I think there's probably something in there to, to dissect. But it looked like he went like with more with the splitter with the A's. I think it was, was what I had heard. And things turned around pretty fast. In his last two months, he had like a three, five ERA, Lots of strikeouts, like not earth-shattering strikeouts, but like Jose Barrios-level strikeouts. Kept the ball in the park. I mean, is there a guarantee that you can get a full season of his last two months? No. But it's his age 34 season, and so you have to kind of mitigate that. You have to kind of be aware of the fact that he's, although fairly well-rested for someone of his pedigree because he didn't pitch very many innings for a very long stretch there, had Tommy John surgery and all that stuff. But – I don't know. I think it's kind of sneaky of a signing. And again, when you see guys like Dallas Keuchel getting three years and 18 million per or whatever it was, I'm all about this. Because honestly, I think Michael Pineda is going to have a better year than Dallas Keuchel. Maybe even with missing five or six weeks, he could still be like a higher war guy. I mean, I know people are aware of this, but he would have been the number one starter in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Um, Pineda against the Yankees would have been kind of cool, too. I mean, you know, the team that he left. Um, Homer Bailey could have a better year than Keichel. And, you know, you look at Bailey's StatCast profile, you look at Keichel's StatCast profile, neither of them are StatCast darlings. And Bailey's spin rate, like on his curve, for instance, not very good, and that's why he stopped throwing it. But I think where the White Sox have kind of paid market value for some guys, the Twins, again, continue to be kind of fluid, kind of nimble and behind the scenes. And, yeah, maybe they didn't sign that impact name But if you have two rotation spots for three guys, and it's Bailey, Hill, and, say, Taiwan Walker, and between those two spots you get 360 innings from those three guys, and I'm not sure how likely that is, but I'm just spitballing here, you've managed to, like a platoon, you know, you have a good right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching, vice versa, you can massage that and make that into something that gets you through the regular season, in your four and five spots. Now, with that said, that means you've got to have brio Otorizzi, and Pineda be fairly good. And healthy, yeah. Yep. And then that's where Hill comes into play as the wild card is he has pitched well in the postseason before. How much can you count on him to give you more than four innings in a postseason and game? He, he basically throws a fastball and then tunnels a curveball, right? Yeah, and his curveball is like 99% spin efficiency. Like, it's a really good curveball. And his fastball is like 89, 91. It's, it's not overpowering whatsoever. So
1: my question here for you is, Let's say they sign Wheeler. Do you still make this move? They need a lot
0: of pitching. Rich Hill? Hill Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh I I don't know if they do both because I think this is predicated on the fact that they that they um they missed out on the big fish and I think if you get the big fish, you know, with 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 Wheeler you're expecting 170-180 innings. That's kind of what you're hoping for. I guess maybe a little more. But you do Hill. You sign Hill even if you have Wheeler right now. I think so. I I think you sign Hill or Bailey, but I'm not sure you do both. Because right now, where you look at where they are, they probably still have to sign another wild card or trade for a fairly stable starter. I don't think you do all three with Pineda, with Odorizzi. I feel like I'm kind of talking myself into circles here, but I think so. It, the innings totals mean you probably would not have done all three.
1: My, my question here is do you think there's something on the table still if there was talk of could you get Price, could you get Darvish, where you have to pay them a lot of money for a player that has an injury history or whatever? I mean,
0: I think the writing on the wall is that the Twins still have ample pay, payroll flexibility to do whatever it is they choose to do, whether it is Donaldson, if they circle back on Price, if they – so let, let's say it this way. Let's say
1: Donaldson goes, I want to stay in Atlanta. This is, I had success here. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable here. Same division, all this stuff. Who from this list, and people should look down the list, make this determination for yourself, but who is it that you want who's attainable right now, knowing that you have the payroll flexibility? Mm. Or are there multiple? I mean, do you like David Price? Do you like, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to go down your list. I mean, I with,
0: wonder if you don't go split the middle, sign Nick Castellanos to play first base and trade for Chris Archer. And, to, and you think Archer needs a change of scenery? Yeah, there's no question about it. He he needs it. And And he's still young, right? I need to look it up. I want to say he's like 30. But anyway, the change of scenery for him. Yeah, he's 31. Yeah, So the price shouldn't be as high as it was to get him because he's coming off two down years. And he's only due, I think it was like 20-some million over the next two years. So for me, again, I know people are going to focus on money or they're going to focus on how good the player is, but if you can add two more pieces, fairly good ones, or Eric Thames or Mitch Moreland or whoever you want to go with if you don't want Marvin Gonzalez playing one spot every single day, th- they're still so fluid that I, I it's hard for me to pick. I mean, do you just try to load up and get Joe Musgrove from the Pirates instead, or do you prefer to, to attack from the secondary list where it's like Caleb Smith, who I really like and has a lot of, you know, fun peripheral stuff. But if that's the case, then you still want to land Donaldson because Caleb Smith's not do that much money. He's got four years of control. And you don't think Boyd or Gray. Boyd or Gray, you listed high on this list. You don't think those are attainable? Not in any reasonable fashion. I mean, you you would salivate at the prospect of getting those guys. And like I wrote, I mean, Matt Boyd's peripherals are the kind where you're thinking Wes Johnson is just psyched about having a chance to have him. The risk is if you have to... Give a good prospect, and that guy ends up. Sure, I mean, yeah, and again, but, the, that risk cuts both ways because the Tigers don't want to give up their guy in their own division either. But I think Boyd's got three years of control. I think Gray's two. Gray, you have to include Kirov or Lewis, right? To get, mm, if not, the line starts right behind there with Gratterall, Balazovic, Larnick. You know, and I think I, I mean think, really
1: the pitchers I'd worry about more. If you if you have to include Larnick. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you're getting John Gray, yeah. It's yeah. more you kind of want Gratterall in your bullpen, right? And you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, each of them is going to come with risks. So, do you want the tw- basically, if you look at the body of work of what the twins have done under Falvey and Levine, they haven't really acquired any assets at the top of their game except maybe Nelson Cruz. It's been a lot of depressed assets for whatever reason. Lance Lynn was. Caught in purgatory because he was pitching his first year off Tommy Johnson, who was only okay for the Cardinals, and then wasn't that for the Twins after an abbreviated spring training. Logan Morrison fell through the cracks. You know, they, they haven't acquired anybody at the top of their market. So that, to me, suggests they find the guy they like the most in that second tier of pitchers that I listed, like a Spencer Turnbull. From the Tigers, again, he lost 17 games last year, but his peripherals were terrific. I think they find a guy like that and try to massage them into something more than what they are. I think they are like Wall Street people trying to buy low and not sell high but maintain high. And it's why they, they should be – as much as they should be
1: investing in payroll, and they should. They, they should retain the best players that they develop. They should go out and get a piece that they don't have.
0: But I think that's where free agency and money comes into play is you'd right. rather give away money than your farm when – I mean, so you've already got a good big league team and a fairly young big league team. And we'll touch on that a little bit more because the free agents they've added have all been pretty um, veteran heavy. But when you've got so much youth in such a good farm system, you can have the fluidity to do whatever it takes to get to that next level. If it is to make a big trade for, let's just say hypothetically, Nolan Arenado and John Gray, which the price for that starts at Lewis and Kirilov, not one or the other, they would ask for both. Maybe you can massage it where you give away one or the other plus three or four big prospects. And you don't think they want Rosario? Rosario wouldn't be part of that trade. This is just no reason because if you if you dump Arenado, you're basically yeah, starting over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so people have asked like, well, why? What about Rosario? I think Rosario, if you move him, he goes to Miami. Uh, they did sign Corey Dickerson, so I don't know how interested they'd be. I did think Arizona was a fit for Rosario. Then they signed Cole Calhoun. The corner outfield market is kind of weird. I know that. Doogie has said multiple times, the Tigers really like Eddie Rosario, which makes no sense to me. But maybe you make a challenge trade, Turnbull for Rosario. To me, that makes sense. I know a lot of people will say, oh, you're trading Rosario, who hit 30 home runs last year for Turnbull, who lost 17 Also a fan favorite because he's exciting. Yeah, but I mean. No, you're right. The skills to production ratio is still pretty low there. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you can always hold him. He may be a trade chip ultimately. You can still hold on to him and use him as a trade chip later.
0: yeah. If they didn't want him, they would have just non tendered him. Yeah. So they'll make it work one way or the other. I don't know. I think though I think though the writing on the wall is they're more likely to go after a depressed asset. And that might be David Price with some of the money paid down. That might be Was it, Wasn't
1: Darvish like thrown around?
0: He said he's not gonna leave the Cubs. Yeah. He's got a no trade clause. So no. he he'll probably enforce that. But the Cubs have not done anything this offseason really. And they still feel like they need to quote-unquote cut payroll, just like the Red Sox. And so, I don't know, the galaxy brain idea I had when I was leaving the the studio last week was trying to find a way to get, like, um, Andrew Benintendi and Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox. Now, Interesting. Th- the, the fact of the matter is that if they're trying to cut payroll, those aren't two guys who are on the chopping block. But if you could trade big prospects, plug your hole in left field with Benintendi and your rotation with Rodriguez – that would certainly be a nice way to go about it. You would really have to give up big prospects, so yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. But
1: and I think the bigger picture is you mentioned that they're trying to turn, you know, player distress asset is how we say, it, right? Yeah, in, distress. In would probably be better. Yeah, I, I think the um, take a player who has star power who you know isn't living up to the hype wherever they are. Mm-hmm. It's why, and again, this isn't the same as payroll because it's a different scale, but it's why the Twins should pay a premium for the West Johnsons of the world. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, again, you're going to lose a rouse and you're going to, we went through all these guys that they lost in the off season, but retain the ones you really need.
0: I mean, if you can pay him can 1 million to make your $10 million pitcher better, that that's a no-brainer. exactly where I'm going. And I think
1: as much as they should take their shot with, again, I don't think they can Lindor, but Lindor's a guy push all the chips and go, we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. or, maybe a pitcher down the road, or certainly it's retaining the talent in-house.
0: Arenado would be on that list for me of a guy to push in for.
1: Makes sense. No, and I think as much as they should be doing that, they really should be investing. Like They should have the premier farm system. It should be known that if you get drafted by the Twins, you have a better chance.
0: Well, their player development has quickly become that, and they keep hiring. Like every single time a job opens, they go get the best college coach. Right, Right, right. You know, someone from like... You know CSU Northridge or some random, but, but school. that's exactly
1: West John, West Johnson was what Dallas Baptist and Arkansas something like that. I mean, yeah, I think was,
0: he had a brief stint in maybe like South Carolina too or okay, something. I mean, yeah. he'd, he'd been kind of all over.
1: And, and even you know, thinking back to Rocco Baldelli, I mean, think of that. Um, you know, it's something we'll consider as we're going to write about the upcoming season that the the dynamics have changed so much from. You know, Mulder was the local guy, very well liked. We liked, you know, him just in terms of his baseball knowledge and mm-hmm. how well he articulated kind of what was going on uh, in his mind. With Baldelli, there was some risk, too, young and, you know. He's, he'd never
0: managed at any level. He, he would, he'd been a coach, a scout, a player development yeah. guy.
1: And, and that he was telling guys, yeah, don't take BP, sleep in, right? You know, mm-hmm. we don't need more ground balls. Um, you know, all these kind of, if you want to call them new age, I would just say this is the way kind of sports are going. You look at the NBA and they talked about the epidemic of players not sleeping, right? The best and load management, right? And the best teams, you hope the Timberwolves, for example, would do this, um, are feeding them, right? Making sure they're rested, have this all down, kind of do science, no
0: gluten or just chicken or whatever. Yeah.
1: Stuff like that. There's players. I think Wiggins is plant-based, right? I mean, I think the, um, there was a risk with Rocco because he wasn't a quote unquote baseball guy. He was an ex player. He was one time a star. He had a very unfortunate Mm -hmm. situation where, you know, he was facing fatigue uh, towards the end of his career that was cut way short, but he wasn't a baseball guy as in he thought the way everyone else kind of did. And and the twins took that risk. And I think they should continue to take those risks. And I know that Mm -hmm. that's not as exciting as signing premier free agent, But down the road, it's nice to have that flexibility so that Barrios gets what he deserves, and Buxton does, you know, and Sano does if Sano continues to progress. Mm And we saw it with um, Polanco and Kepler. If they can get out front too, they can. Hopefully, become like the Vikings. Where the Vikings, their trouble is how do you manage the cap, right? Mm -hmm. How do we retain all our best players? Because you have so many of them, where and and that's where the Twins need to get. Is Mm -hmm. is they need to get their guru right who who figures out the how this all, yeah yeah who can figure out how all this works um
0: i think they you know, have it because them. they only have 50 million committed in future payrolls yeah. after this year yeah and the white Sox, for instance have like 185
1: yeah let's and i think that's a good site we need to talk about that because the division is going to be tough i think people see the indians declining and probably see the white Sox rising i think well, we okay. know they're, they're going to challenge the
0: twins let's jump into the white Sox after one thing how would you grade the Twins offseason right now as it stands, and then how would Donaldson swing that? So here's the deal for me. It's about a C-plus right now. They have not added any absurd impact players because even if Hill pitches 75 innings and he's a 2.5 win player like Fangraphs War, that it's impact, but it's not... It's not Wheeler or Ryu. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not 180 innings, and you have to fill those innings with someone, and is it Lewis Thorpe? Is it Alex Wood? Is, is it whoever? I, I don't hate giving the young guys an opportunity, no. but you don't want to bank on them either. Yeah. yeah, so for me, it's like a C plus, B minus right now. Josh Donaldson gets you to a, a B plus slash A minus, probably bumped to an A minus just because of how good he is. Um, if you get Donaldson and another decent starter, you're you're in the A territory. And for me, even a decent starter again is one of those reclamation projects, a drew smiley sort of, because here's the deal. They can with the way the rotation looks now, they can't afford to try to throw one more thing at the wall and see if it sticks. You've got some time with Michael Pineda on the shelf. You've got some time with Rich Hill on the shelf. Maybe Rich Hill never even throws a pitch for the twins for all we know. So I think you need one more arm in that mix. Is it Caleb Smith in a trade? Is it, pablo lopez in a trade or is it again signing one of those second tier free agent guys i still think you have to do that and you still need an impact move of some sort to get into that b plus a minus territory
1: yeah so i was thinking b and i think you're probably right probably should be more bearish i mean with donaldson you have to put him in the b plus a minus i I think donaldson's a good player i think guys can head into their 30s i as much as it accelerates the move of Sano over to first base again, I I said this before, I think he ends up there and I think that is how you mitigate not getting the starter that you Mm -hmm. probably want, not getting the Wheeler Ryu, whoever that was. And I think we also need to remember we hype these up because these guys up because they're available. If you look at all available pitchers, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, within reason you'd say these guys are good there, but there's a reason why they're on the open market. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it goes back to why they need a development system. You need to create pitchers that you want to keep. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like
0: the Rays or the Cardinals. I I mean, and again, I...
1: Or even the the Dodgers. Let's go, you know, the in-house options. Thorpe, to me, seems the highest upside. I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, Smelter, to me, seems like a funky lefty out of the bullpen. I think he's a Mm -hmm. major league player, but I Mm -hmm. think that's probably his role.
0: And I have no idea what to make of Randy Dobnek. Yeah, Dobnek, you're right. I mean, I think he's... I think he's a back-end guy who gets a bunch of grounders and has, like... Six and a half strikeouts per nine, like two walks per nine, and could be a workhorse, like 180 innings. Yeah. And you need those guys. Like, this basketball plays. It's just you, you could sign to, Yvonne yeah. Nova to do what Randy Dobnek's going to do. You just need to make sure you can keep Dobnek on the field for 28 to 30 starts, which you would get from Nova pretty much for sure. Yeah. So, do you want to pay Nova five to seven million dollars to do what Dobnek will do for 550K? Not necessarily. However, if you sign Nova and he doesn't work, you still have Dobnak to fall back on, and that's that's the mitigation. I mean, you have to you have to figure out how you're going to get. I mean, five rotation spots. Let's say 150 to 180 innings per spot. You're in that 750 to thousand innings. Where do those come from? You know, can you pencil Barrios in for 200? Okay. How about Odorizzi for 180? Okay. How about Pineda for about 140? You know, you start kind of checking them off, and then you see how many things you have left. And and so, like I've written too, how many of those starts come from out of your top five? Is it sixteen, like the Twins had last year? Is it forty, yeah. like some teams have? It's probably. And I think if you, if you stay yeah. in that twenty-five to thirty range, you're still giving roughly ten starts a piece to the grad, the not the grad rolls, the, the Lewis Thorpe and Smeltzer and Dobnick yeah. yeah. Now, do you want to have one of those guys? Already be in your rotation to start the year and be expected to make thirty starts. I think that's a tough spot to be in. No, you want them to force someone out, right? You yep. want to force the veteran out, and the other car- or or be there in an event of an injury or another suspension. Let's not say another suspension, but yeah, though let's say the wild the, the wild card for me is it's Balasovic,
1: right? The Canadian pitcher. Yeah, he's like their number four prospect. So I I think the question is too does a guy like that. Season opportunity late in the season if there's an injury. I think he made it to Double A last year. I think Blaine
0: Blaine in that mix too. Yeah, Duran. Although Duran's Alcala. Yeah, I mean, where where is Gratterall come June or July because he you know he had the shoulder last year. I think if his shoulder had been healthy, you're probably looking at him making starts for you possibly as early as May one. Yeah, you know I think there could be some you know keep him down for a little extra service time. You know, wink wink, nudge nudge. I don't think that that's a consideration right now because of the shoulder. I don't think he makes the opening day bullpen either. But again, the twins have that MLB caliber ready depth that is kind of tough to balance on a 40-man roster, 25-man roster is, you know, you've got veterans like, so for instance, the Diamondbacks have seven starters on their MLB.com depth chart, but six of them are like appreciable veterans. And then they've got this guy, Alex Young. There's no flexibility there. Whereas Thorpe has options. Dobnek has options. And Smeltzer has options. Gratterall. Like, those guys can come and go freely. That's just way easier to manage. And so, again, I still think they need a starter. And I think that that starter plus an impact, excuse me, (coughs) bat, gets you into that B plus, A minus territory. If that that bat is Nick Castellanos, that certainly will be reflected in the grade. If it's Eric Thames, you know there Mitch Moreland it's certainly going to be a, a more depressed grade but with Donaldson or a trade for a bigger like I, let's just say Arenado or Bryant are on the table you know those are the kind of impact moves that it almost feels like were promised or were on the table when the offseason started
1: yeah yeah let's talk about the White Sox yeah. so the the division is getting interesting i the Indians seem to want to do like kind of a a shortened rebuild. I don't know how you describe that, but I don't know what the Indians are doing. To but, be
0: honest. And if they trade Lindor, where does it stop? And I, we said that last week too, is yeah. if you trade Lindor, what about Clevenger's, Ramirez? What about yeah, Clevenger? Yeah. Clevenger's 29. Yeah, Like everybody realizes, should, should realize that even though he's only been in the big leagues like three years, he's already almost 30. Like yeah. he'll be 30 um, next season. Uh, his, this is his age 29 season coming up. So they've got a lot of decisions to make, and it's going to be a weird year, you know, with Kluber and Bauer not there. So
1: yeah. yeah, so the Indians, <clears throat> well, they're trending down, and we know that the Royals in
0: Detroit are still in— They're kind of treading water, rebuilding, yeah. Rebuilding, yeah. The White Sox, though, with all the moves they've made, and we've got Keiko, we've got Grandal, we've got Encarnacion, and Gio Gonzalez. They've signed Luis Robert to, I think it was like a six-year deal with a couple options as of yesterday. They're doing some things, but I'm here to tell you I'm still not on board with them challenging the Twins. So— <clears throat>
1: In addition to his moves they made, Kopech, right, should be back. I mean, they have some prospects. Kopech,
0: Cease, Dane Dunning. We've got a handful of guys. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I I mean, the Twins are in a funny spot where it's going to be the reverse of last year. Last year, we thought 85 ended up 101. Mm-hmm. There may be... A, l- listen, if they win in the 90s, um, especially in the mid-90s, <sighs> high 90s, that that's a, still a successful season, right? Especially if the division's mm-hmm. a little bit better. Um,
0: yeah. That's the but I
1: don't... Uh, they created a lofty standard for themselves outside of take away obviously, the, the failure of the playoffs. In terms of the regular season, going into spring training, they created a lofty goal. and in But you could have a
0: better year and win 95 games next year.
1: And that's my point is the White Sox may chip into that total. The White Sox, in your mind, are what, 85? Where do you put them?
0: Yeah, about 85. And I, I think the biggest issue is they're not going to get on base, first and foremost. They've got Tim Anderson at the top of their order. He's not an on-base guy. He's a batting average guy, which... You know, you won. I think you won the batting title last year. But Jose Abreu doesn't get on base. You know, Yoan Moncada is on the pro- path to being a superstar. He's going to get on base. They've, they've got a few guys who could get on that path. But Eloy Jimenez not really an on base guy. There's no telling how good. I mean, Nick Madrigal will probably get on base when he comes up. Their second baseman, um, Oregon State teammate of Trevor Larnick, actually. Um, but L- Robert may not get on base. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever else they're going to do. Um, At multiple other positions. And so they won't get on base as much as you might like, which was a a concern of the Twins a year ago, and they made it work. So I'm not saying that's disqualifying them, but their bullpen, not quite there. You know, Like Jace Fry, I think Alex Colomay is pretty good, but they've got some pieces that they still need to fill in there. And then in their rotation, you've got Lucas Giolito, who's number one, and then it's probably going to go Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, Ronaldo Lopez, and whoever their number five starters, maybe they bring back Yvonne Nova. But if you're relying on Dallas Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez to be your two and three starters, I still see in their peripherals the chance that they pitch more like four and five starters. Dallas Keuchel, high 80s, you know, last year's numbers are a little unfair because he didn't have spring training. Pitched all right. His FIP wasn't great. He didn't strike anybody out. The, 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 I, don't, I don't want to say learning curve, like the decline curve for a guy with his skill set can be particularly worrisome. because He's 32. It, yeah, he doesn't throw hard, doesn't strike anybody out. So he gets a lot of grounders, which, like if he'd have been a twin, you know, you have questions about the twins picking up grounders, you know. Miguel Sano on the left side, Jorge Polanco, right, right. Luis Arise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, is not a standout. Keiko might not be a standout. And I think there's a very real chance that, like, Pineda has a better year than Keikel and definitely better than Gio. Bailey Homer Bailey for $7 million might have a better year than Dallas Keikel for 18 million the next 3 years. Like the Zips projections for Keikel at Target Field the next 3 years like would have been fine, they would have actually been better than Madison Bumgarner. You know, I had Dan Zimborski run him for me. But I think there's a very real chance that you know Wes works with Bailey on that splitter and he's just a, a perfectly defensible number 4 starter know, two point oh fangrafts war something like that. I just when I when I look at the White Sox, I have just enough questions of if they're gonna get on base enough, if they're gonna protect leads enough, and if their rotation behind Giolito has enough to get over the hump. I, I think th- it's an eighty five win team right now.
1: I think the the point to emphasize here is that there should be some urgency for the twins. I think it's mm-hmm. easy to think mm-hmm. it's a new you know, it's a new manager. They had success last year. They have you know as much as people didn't love the free agency they have a lot of talent that's their own right came through their farm system but and it's very real very legit talent but I think they need to grasp this opportunity before it because I think the White Sox are going to get good I think that that, well
0: it's going to be a heavyweight battle for the next decade
1: yeah and I think this is probably what people want at least for me I think it's fun to write about the that rivalry Mm -hmm. um so yeah, in my in my mind, the Twins have to feel some urgency, and it's not just can you get back into the high nineties, into hundred wins, but what are you going to do about the playoffs? Because it it's not just local. I know sometimes we overemphasize things locally. It's a national story—the failure of the Twins
0: in the playoffs, right? It was At written about. Ball, I mean, I guess the the Yankees make it a national story. Yeah, and I, I mean, f- if it was against the Royals, it probably be, not. Yeah. But yeah.
1: And, and you're right. It's I think 13 losses, the Yankees three to the A's. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. But. Um, can you believe Joe
0: Mauer never won a playoff game?
1: Yeah, and one Gardenhire was 7 and 22, something like that. Joe Mauer
0: never played in a playoff win. Ever? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ever. Although there's people on the other side going, "Hey, you know." Well, but uh but yeah, yeah, I think I think the um I think the point is um this team seems to be constructed to, to at least win like a playoff series, right? We'll we'll talk contender once they get through the first round, but yeah. um but yeah, you you have to you have to seize this window. There has to be urgency with the with the twins because you have a lot of good young players. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity in the division. And as much as the Yankees look like they'll stand in the way for a while, right? Mm-hmm. This is I think what um it's almost like they're picking off picking up where they left off in two thousand ten, right? You know, it's it's the the White Sox rivalry is coming back. The yeah. Yankees, yeah. Uh, and it's not a rivalry because it's not two ways, but you know the Yankees still stand in the way. And I think what will this organization do differently than they did in 2010 yep. in order to make that better?
0: What do you make of – so you look at the White Sox offseason, it's more dynamic for agents. I mean I'm hesitant to say it's more dynamic for agents than – I mean Encarnacion could be the next Nelson Cruz in terms of how he ages or he could just be done. There's yeah. really not much of a middle ground. But what do you make of them signing, you know, Grandal and then some pretty good free agents versus the Twins who, like, literally every free agent they've signed is a 30-something one-year deal um, complimentary piece. You know, Sergio Sergio Romo will probably not be the primary eighth inning guy. It'll probably be Tyler Duffy, Trevor May, Zach Littell. Yeah. Um, You look at Alex Avila. Maybe he plays 50, 60 games behind the plate, plays a little first base and DHs every now and then. Not a big-time signing. Definitely a good glue guy and definitely a guy who will do whatever you ask of him. But you're banking on Garver being good. Yeah, yep. you got Tyler Clippert, Really nice year last year with the, the Indians. The Indians had one of the better bullpens in the AL. Not super sustainable, but Clipper is, you know, like they say, the Babip god, fly balls that don't leave the park more often than not. Pretty good outfield defense, especially if Buxton is healthy. All of those guys serve a very distinct purpose, and the way Rocco manages games could be very useful. Um, and then you've got Pineda and Odorizzi, who really frankly they had to come back for the twins to have a successful offseason. To have a rotation, yeah. 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 To have a rotation at all. I, I think Um, but I mean, what do you make of this process? Rich Hill thirty nine, Homer Bailey thirty three. Uh they they've gone do do you think they looked at the postseason and saw um like they need the experience. Who is the pitcher? Cody Stashak. Yeah, pitching in a big spot. Yeah, yeah. is yeah, up yeah. a homer. Do you think they're thinking? Yeah, you know, we we just need a couple more guys that have that that aged mentality that that grizzled like they're not going to be phased by a playoff series, right? And or mean, a big moment. At the playoffs. end of the day, the only place the only place you get playoff experience is by going to the playoffs. So there's valuable I thi- I thi- experience there, but I think part of it too was like, yeah, you know, we, we could use a couple more vets. Nelson Cruz is awesome. But I mean your best hitter in the playoff series was Eddie Rosario who had played what uh one two playoff games in his career right, before Right, and so I think this offseason was a definite like the secondary pieces have been phenomenal like if if they only needed secondary pieces you could give them an A minus or whatever but they did need at least one maybe two primary pieces I just uh, what do you make of all these old free agents I think they're still treating the young players as much
1: as I know they're they've been around a little bit like young players they're they're young in terms of playoff experience well like or if Garver
0: to, steps back they have a villa as a pretty good yeah. backup plan.
1: no I mean I think they I think they've always liked the guys like Matt Belisle like Nelson Cruz mm-hmm. like um even old Joe Maurer Zach Duke um, yeah and I, I think Fernando Rodney Ooh. right exactly I think they like having the uh, you could take talk about Romo too in yeah some ways yeah. um I think they like having those veterans in the locker room I, I think're yeah they're trying to mitigate probably both against playoff failure but also let down after a surprisingly good season so um, I like the moves I certainly get they, they bummer they didn't get a, a wheeler it's going to be tough to figure but if out they make the trade a trade for price But if they or make whatever. a
0: trade it still might be an absolutely phenomenal offseason there's still that potential
1: yeah um, either way and I think this is kind of leave people with this. All that matters is the prospects pan out, and not even not mm-hmm. just prospects, yeah. but because Brios isn't a prospect, but Brios, Buxton, um, Larnak, Kirilov are the, um, or not necessarily Larnak, but uh, Lewis and Kirilov are the players they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a Balasovic or a Lewis Thorpe. Like that, the the future is is guys that you're familiar with, right? It's not as exciting as getting a free agent guy, but yeah, yeah. those guys need to pan out, and they should do everything they can to foster. Their development um, and have those guys succeed in the playoffs.
0: So we just got another minute or two left here. I got to ask, what percent do you think they're done? I'd say like sixty. I still think, I still think they have some aces up their sleeve. So you're considering like one big move as like thirty percent, right, or something like that. If you what's
1: what's David Price? If you let's get David let's Price. say
0: yeah, like percentage of like war acquired or something yeah. like that. Like like where if you had tr- if you get Donaldson, that's probably forty percent of the lifting, thirty yeah. something like. Like if you get 60, if you're at 60% and Donaldson's 35 and then you trade for like a Caleb Smith to get you to 100, I see that as being kind of the path to the rest of the offseason. For me, I think they're in that 60%, 55, 60% range because I still think, I I trust these guys immensely because they're just always improving. Like they got this team from 100 losses, to hundred wins in three offseasons. Yeah. And you think they're done. And then they sign Lance Lynn. You think they're done, and they sign Logan Morrison. You think they're done, and they sign Marwin Gonzalez. I yeah. think they still got something up their sleeve.
1: Yeah, I, I would guess 70, 80. I mean, Donaldson being the big X factor.
0: Well, that's all we got for at I am Justin Bailey for at T Schreier 3. This is Brandon Warren at Brandon underscore Warren saying thanks for checking us out. We'll be back next week with an all-new Midwest swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago.